the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Things that are impossible for us are not impossible for God. And I think the lesson here for us is instead of immediately saying no, or that's impossible, or there's no way it's going to work out, or there's no point in even trying, period, end of discussion, it's a good idea just to create an opportunity for God to work and just see if the Lord's in it. Let's just give it a couple days. Let's just pray about it. We don't have to give an answer right now, so let's just pray. And let's just see if the Lord's in it. Let's see if the Lord will do something. How often do you think you hinder God from working in your life because you refuse to give Him control? As you'll learn in today's message with Pastor Dan, Daniel knew the importance of allowing God to move, allowing God to speak, allowing God to reveal. So when Daniel was given a task, he prayed about it first. He let God in and gave him the space to do what only he can do. Likewise, open your hands and let God do what only he can do. If the Lord is in it, he'll move. If he's not, he'll shut the door. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Daniel chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. wisest men in Babylon could not answer Nebuchadnezzar. He had nothing to offer. And they acknowledged that only the gods could know the answer. And they say of the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. Boy, if God just dwelt with us in the flesh, then we'd have all the answers, right? And what does Paul say in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16? Great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifested in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. God does come in the flesh about 400 years after this. He does dwell among us in person. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And so verse 12, For this reason the king was angry, and very furious, and gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And so the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Because remember, they're in training to become wise men. Um, And so verse 14, then, I love this, verse 14, then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He responds with counsel and wisdom. Remember, Daniel's a teenager, and he responds here with wisdom to this captain of the king's guard who's going out and rounding up the wise men to execute them. And he answered, and he said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent or harsh? 
Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Now, I want you to note here the different response of Daniel from the wise men. The wise men told the king, it's impossible. There's no way we can know if you don't tell us the dream. There's no possible way, period, end of discussion. But Daniel said to the king, give me some time. Now, he doesn't know at this point what God's going to do. He just says, hey, give me some time. And what does Daniel do? Daniel, listen, he created an opportunity for God to work. He created some time. He created some space for God to work. And this is impossible, right? It's impossible. The wise men said, this is impossible for us to answer. And things that are impossible for us are not impossible for God. And I think the lesson here for us is instead of immediately saying no, or that's impossible, or there's no way it's going to work out, or there's no point in even trying, period, end of discussion, it's a good idea just to create an opportunity for God to work and just see if the Lord's in it. Let's just give it a couple days. Let's just pray about it. We don't have to give an answer right now, so let's just pray. And let's just see if the Lord's in it. Let's see if the Lord will do something. Let's see if the Lord will open a door. Maybe he won't, but maybe he will. So let's just give God the opportunity to show up. Give God the opportunity to work and see if the Lord's in it. And that's what Daniel does. And so now watch verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and he made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, verse 18, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Daniel goes back to his house. He gets his three friends who are also believers, and together they pray. They pray. Prayer is not the last resort. It's the first line of defense. It's the first place we should go. Not the last place. Like We've tried everything else. Maybe we should pray. No, the first thing we want to do is pray. That's what Daniel does. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Daniel and his three friends pray. They make their requests known to God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. And that's what Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael do. They pray. We've got a little bit of time here. Let's just see. Let's pray. Let's seek the Lord. And remember, Daniel and his three friends, there's teenagers They're teenagers. Teenagers seeking the Lord for help. Teenagers seeking the Lord for deliverance. While the wise men of Babylon were quaking in their sandals, Daniel and his three friends were on their knees before the Lord, asking God to intervene. And they prayed. doesn't tell us how long they prayed, but they prayed. And they prayed until they got an answer. Then, verse 19, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So now he has a vision at night. And so Daniel blessed the God of heaven. 
God revealed this dream, the interpretation of this dream to Daniel in a vision. And I want you to note here that Daniel didn't just rush out and tell the king as we might expect. I've got an answer. Let me go tell the king. No, instead, Daniel and his three friends praised and worshipped God. They just spent some time worshipping and giving thanks to God and have like this little worship service. Kind of reminds me of the story of the ten lepers in the Gospels. And they come to Jesus and Jesus tells them to go to the temple to offer the sacrifice. And as they're on their way, all ten of them are healed. But remember, only one guy comes back to worship Jesus and to give thanks to him. And Jesus even said, weren't there ten of you? Where are the other nine? And how often for us, how often we get the answer and man, we're boom, we're out the door. All right, we got to go now. Instead of just stopping and taking a few minutes just to thank the Lord and to just spend a few minutes in praise and worship for his goodness and his kindness to us. And so he begins this prayer in verse 20. Look what he says. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He praises God for his wisdom and his might and his power. And look at verse 21. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Daniel praises God for his sovereignty over the world. The phrase, he changes times and seasons, means God has control over the course of world events. Isn't that encouraging? That God has control over the course of world events. That God is the one who removes kings and raises up kings. God is the one who put Nebuchadnezzar in power. God is the one who will remove his power. God is the one who delivered the nation of Judah into Nebuchadnezzar's hands. God removes kings and God raises up kings. He removes leaders and puts new leaders in place. Psalm 75 verse 6. For exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and he exalts another. And this is still true today, by the way. Even in our country, a democratic republic, where we elect our officials, God is sovereign. The outcome of elections are still in God's hands. God still has the power to remove a king and raise up a new king. He's sovereign. Doesn't mean we always understand it. But he's sovereign. Proverbs 21.1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he he wishes. God can turn a leader's heart. And God can even cause a pagan, ungodly leader to do his will. This is why Paul tells us to pray for those in leadership in our country. To pray for our rulers. To pray for those who lead our nation, and our state, and our county. God can work in the heart of an ungodly king or leader, elected official. Verse 22, he goes on with this worship and thanksgiving to God. He says of God, he reveals deep and secret things. I think Daniel's mind is blown here a little bit. That God has given him the interpretation of this dream. He knows what is in the darkness and and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me 
what we ask of you. You've answered my prayer. You've made it known to me. For you have made known to us the king's demand. Therefore, Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, and I will tell the king the interpretation. And then Arioch quickly brought Daniel before the king and said thus to him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation. Verse 26, the king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. Remember, the Babylonians gave him that name. Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? And Daniel answered, in the presence of the king. Teenager, going before the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, They cannot declare to the king. All these advisors you're trusting in, they have failed you. They can't help you. He's like 16 years old. Verse 28, But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. I want you to note here how Daniel just boldly goes in and verse 27 he you know, denounces the folly of trusting in these worldly advisors. And then he gives all the credit to God. Again, he's a teenager. But I think anybody, even an adult, you know, this is an opportunity where you can make yourself look good in front of the king. I mean, we all know people like that that like to take credit for things that they don't do. And he can make this, hey, well, you know, king, actually I was praying and just came to me. You know, He can make it all about himself, but he gives all credit to God. And I think whenever we have the opportunity, we should give credit to God, especially when we have an important audience like the king or your boss or whatever it may be or your class to give glory to God. Notice in verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar's dream has to do with what will be in the latter days. And that's an important phrase for us in the Bible. It's telling us, this is talking about the latter days. It's not just the days of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar's dream is looking into the future to the latter days of human history, all the way up to the second coming of Jesus Christ, as we're going to see. And this dream shows us that God has a plan for the nations of this world. God revealed this plan to the most powerful king on the earth, who was not a believer. And it's communicating to Nebuchadnezzar, and it's communicating to the Jewish people who are in captivity under Nebuchadnezzar, that God, not Nebuchadnezzar, holds the keys to the future. It's all in his hands. God is sovereign. And the future is in God's hands, not Nebuchadnezzar's or anyone else's. So verse 29, he says, 
As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. So it's future. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. For our sakes who make known the interpretation to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your heart. You see the humility here. Of Daniel. It's not because I'm anything special that God has revealed this to me. It's just the grace of God, the mercy of God. So now he begins to describe the dream. You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image or a statue. And this great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, that means it's divine, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors, And the wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And so in this dream, Nebuchadnezzar, he saw a statue that is made of different metals. And this statue is eventually destroyed by a stone that strikes the feet of the statue. And then that stone becomes a great mountain that fills the whole earth. And God here, he wanted to show Nebuchadnezzar the inevitable fate of all the nations of the world. That this is what will happen to every empire, every kingdom, every nation. They will all eventually fall. And they will all be succeeded until Jesus Christ returns and establishes his kingdom on the earth and rules over all of the earth. So this dream and this image focuses on the kingdoms that directly impacted Israel And Jerusalem specifically. All of prophecy really revolves around Israel and the city of Jerusalem. And so yes, there's other kingdoms in other parts of the world throughout history. But we're focusing here on the kingdoms throughout history that play a role in Israel's existence and Jerusalem's existence specifically. Look at verse 31 again. The image was described as huge. Its form was awesome, meaning it's terrifying. And maybe this is why Nebuchadnezzar can't go back to sleep. Is it like a nightmare seeing this thing? So disturbing. It's enormous. It's huge. And again, the enormity of this statue, it's representing all of of mankind's accomplishments. The greatness of man's achievements. Or man's perspective. Two things to note concerning the metals in the statue. First, they increase in strength as you go down the statue. So silver is stronger than gold, bronze is stronger than silver, iron is stronger than bronze. So they increase in strength with each section. Secondly, the metals that are described here decrease in value with each section. So gold is more valuable than silver and so on. So they decrease in value. So with each successive empire... It's stronger than the previous empire, but their value as an empire, their character as an empire decreases. So verse 36, 
Daniel says to the king, now this is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. Verse 37, you, O king, are a king of kings. And you're king over all kings on the earth. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom and power and strength and glory. Notice he says, God has given this all to you. Everything you've got, it's all from God. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. So the head of gold represents the Babylonian empire under Nebuchadnezzar. The Babylonians, again, they destroyed Jerusalem and the temple, 586 B.C., and they became the first of the four Gentile empires to dominate Jerusalem. Babylonian Empire lasts until about 539 B.C., then verse 39. But after you shall arise another kingdom, inferior to yours, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. So the kingdom that arose after Babylon. Again, Daniel's writing during the time of the Babylonian Empire. This is all future for him. We can look back in history and see what he's talking about. The kingdom that arose after Babylon, represented in the statue by the chest of arms of silver, is the Medo-Persian Empire. We're going to see that in the book of Daniel. The Medo-Persian Empire lasted from 539 B.C. to 331 B.C. Then came the third kingdom that dominated Jerusalem, And that's represented by the bronze belly and thighs. That was the Greek Empire under Alexander the Great. The Greeks ruled from 331 B.C. to 168 B.C. Now, Josephus, the historian, tells us that when Alexander the Great was in the Middle East with his army, and he's traveling with his army through the land of Israel, he comes to the city of Jerusalem. He's about to lay siege to the city of Jerusalem. And the high priest of the Jews goes out of the city of Jerusalem to speak to Alexander the Great, and he brings with him the scroll of Daniel. And he reads to Alexander the Great these prophecies in the book of Daniel here in chapter 2 and later in chapter 8, describing Alexander the Great and explains to Alexander the Great that this is talking about you. So Alexander the Great decides not to lay siege to the city of Jerusalem, and instead goes into Jerusalem and goes into the temple and makes an offering to the Lord there at the temple. And he leaves it alone because of the prophecy that's in Daniel. Save the city. So you've got Alexander the Great, the Greek Empire there, and then in verse 40, and the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush All the others, the fourth Gentile kingdom that ruled over Jerusalem was the Roman Empire, right? That takes us up to the time of Jesus, the Roman Empire. It's represented by the iron legs. And the Roman Empire was in power from 168 BC to about 476 AD. And it, it went through several changes over time. So sometimes those dates are different depending on who you're reading uh, because it, it changed. Notice the description again in verse 40 of the Roman Empire. Strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything, and like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. The Romans were known for their ability to crush all resistance. Yeah. 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Daniel, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcast provides you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we could be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. It can be so helpful to others to know about and to be in prayer for the things on your heart. Well, that's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Daniel. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.